Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick. On the show, I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. It does not matter what walk of life you come from. Anyone's welcome on this platform to share their story, experience, strength, hope, whatever's going on. We're here to break the stigma around mental health, addictions, recovery, or really anything anyone's afraid to talk about. We talk about it on this show. With no further ado, I'd love to introduce you to my next guest from the West Coast of Canada. We got Ryan Phillips on the show today. You want to take it away and let him know a little bit about you, Ryan, and stuff, and we'll dig into some questions. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, I was born in North Vancouver, grew up in the mountains, nature boy, and played a lot of sports. And I just, yeah, love life. And I left home at 16 to pursue hockey. And there's a whole uh, story with that within that. And we'll probably get into it. I'm just Ryan Phillips from North Vancouver, Canada. I've traveled to over 70 countries in my life. I've been to Cambodia on many occasions and had the blessed opportunity to be of service, riding my bike across uh, Cambodia and Vietnam on three separate occasions for the eradication of human trafficking and child sex slavery. So that's near and dear to my heart. And then there was, uh, I went across Cambodia in 2018, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, and obviously Canada. <laughs> and yeah, did I say Vietnam? I, I lost count. I was at five. I was going to do the world. But I think like those all, those, it's funny. I, I, and I'm not like, I am not a bicycle guy. I'm not like, I, when I was a kid, I loved to ride my bike, but in these, as I got older, I never thought I'd be uh, riding across countries on a bike. So for there, it was all for a purpose. So like whenever I do something in life for a specific purpose, whether it be a cause, whether it be just for my daughter, for you, for humanity, it's always, I'm always thinking global. So. Um, not looking for recognition or anything like that. Oh, he's doing this. It's just, I really like to be of service and just know that if I can help one life within that, it helps me. So it feels good to give back. And I was, I slid into the underworld at a very young age when hockey was paying the bills and injuries and adversities and all that kind of stuff. And I thought money was success. Growing up, I thought success was measured around money or being famous or something like that, whatever. But as you get older, you get knocked on the head a little bit. And after uh, spending time in prison, I was at one point one of Canada's uh, biggest marijuana smugglers at the time. I changed my life, got out of it. Uh, and it wasn't easy. It, it wasn't easy because you're so used to these large sums of, of currency, which is just inert matter at the end of the day. Anyways, money's just energy, but that energy allowed me to travel the world, do a lot. I have absolutely zero dollars of that left. Did I use uh, a lot of that money for partying at sex, drugs, and rock and roll and have the time of my life? Yes, I did. I had the most incredible times, but the most miserable times of my life is when I've been involved with anything that's illegal and organized crime. It's always come back to bite me in the ass. And like, you don't go to prison because uh, you're a good boy for two years. Uh, you know, if, now if I was caught, they probably would let me go in a day. It's accepted. I don't think there really is a whole lot of that going back and forth with the borders. I think that all came pretty much to a screeching halt when uh, weed became legalized in 2018. But say, I don't know, I could go on forever. I, I hate introducing myself because I've done I, I, like quite a bit of things. So it's like, okay, I've done this. I'm on a podcast. What do they want to hear? 
<laughs> what was it that like what was it that was near and dear to your heart why did right across cambodia and all those other southeast asian countries and the asian countries there for sex child sex slavery and eradicating human trafficking and stuff like that what was the what was so near and dear to your heart to start that's you on a, that path that that's a great question i, I started going to uh, southeast asia i've been i'm in there 34 times to southeast asia now all over that region is absolutely gorgeous to me a piece of my soul is there it feels like it's always been there i have such a like a, a great connection to uh, even like the monks that are there for some reason i don't know if you watch some of my prior videos or anything like that they're not supposed to touch you but i don't know maybe they see the the buddha tattoo on my arm or something like that and i like welcome them in but i've been very i don't know i just i feel this i've always felt this very strong connection especially to the spiritual aspect of life when I'm over there. And they call it third world countries, but they kind of got it going on a little bit more sometimes than we do here in the West. And it makes you appreciate what you have here when you see the poverty over there. But there's an inner wealth there that, that expands through their energy of just giving a smile. And that's why they call it Thailand, the land of smiles. And just like wherever... I went there, I would see kids and just like the kids were so free. And, um, I just, I, I instantly, from the first time that I went over there, a lot of people, Thailand gets bad rap. People think they just go get yeah, sex tourists and whatnot. Yes, there is, but there's sex tourists all over the world. Thailand's bad in certain regions. And I never went over for that purpose. And in 2012, after being over to Southeast Asia many times, I was filming uh, a film on happiness. And to me, success is the progressive realization of something worthy. And I've said that many times before. I think it was Earl Nightingale that said, yeah, uh, success is the progressive uh, realization of a worthy ideal. So I heard that many years ago and then always wanted to stick to that, that never defined success by money, but your passion and then following that passion. And within that abundance will fall on you and in and surround you. And also it's just feeling good. The better you feel, the better you attract. And that's in all aspects of our life, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so when you get the, all those banks starting to fill up a little bit more and more, you start seeing in your environment that which is put into specific focus. So basically you're taking an intangible thought from the ether that comes to say an idea or a feeling that ignites you into action. And within that action, with every action, there's a reaction. And 2012, I put it out as say like a, a rocket of desire and so I wrote it on a card in, you know, probably two years previous because I was banned from the United States, supposed to never been allowed to the United States again, ever. And I was devastated in 2002 when I got arrested with 103 pounds. And next thing, it was the first question I asked was, am I ever going to be allowed back in the States again? And the answer was, and then it was, obviously that was because my daughter, I had a daughter down in Kansas where I played professional hockey. And the second question was, uh, because that was a gong show back then. So that means I'll ever be allowed back in Las Vegas. <laughs> Cause I used to go there every other week and party my tail off when I was those younger days of just absolute just uh oblivion i don't know just the just i can't describe it because it was just so out of control it was like when you're when you ha when you're paper rich and, and you can do all that kind of stuff you do a lot of stuff 
And lots of fun in the moment when you're a kid, but as you get older and you kind of look back on that, you're like, yeah, some of that was fun. And a lot of it's been glamorized on say National Geographic and a few other things, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I was always just trying to fill up. Okay. I didn't make the NHL because of injuries, coaches, this and that. There's always an excuse. So now I got to fill it up with this. It was money back then. Money was like my driving force to be like, have all these millions, set myself up for life and just not have to worry about it. But well, did I know the organized crime aspect part of it, which I never thought I was like, I was, I, I didn't really categorize myself in that. And, but the next thing you become a byproduct of your environment, they're surrounding you, you're writing it and then you're labeled next thing one year turns into two turns into 10. It just happens. But. At the end of the day, I really too, do believe in intention, intentional living. And we, when we intend to do something and I intended to leave that space and everything in my heart just turned to giving, like all I wanted to do was share my experience of there's no way I should have made it out of that alive. And the fact that I did, it was almost like there was a power greater than which I like to call God source energy, divine, infinite, whatever you want to uh, call it as far as uh, I'm not religious. I'm, I believe we're all spirit. Or like Theo Fleury likes to say, Allah, the tree in your backyard, whatever. Omnipotence, omnipresence, you name whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, batteries, spiritual beings, having a human experience, light seers, whatever. But that's why they say when people go through a lot of trauma, they have holes in their aura. But so, yeah, it's a lot of incredibly lived experience that I'm really grateful that I get to share on a lot of these podcasts because it, when I get to talk to somebody else about it, it's almost like when I think about it myself, sometimes I'm like, okay, now what? Okay. I did that. I'm like, I'm my own greatest enemy. I, I like, I've never really given myself a pats on the back for any of that stuff. And it was just like the day after I rode across Cambodia, I got a pardon to go back to the United States of America to see my daughter again. How did that happen? The Department of Homeland Security found out that I was giving back for this foundation at the time. And it was just like, yeah, the next very next day flew out from Siem Reap, Cambodia to Chiang Mai, Thailand. And I got a, a email in the morning, saw what it said. The Department of Homeland Security has granted you a pardon as a humanitarian, which I can't stand that goddamn word. I wish everyone to just be a good human and yeah. all humanitarians. If you hold a door open for somebody in the morning, when you're leaving your place or just like stop for someone at going across the crosswalk, you're a humanitarian. You're being good. You're being a good human to, to, to give a smile or just do something nice for some, but somebody that day or else even better, do something nice for yourself because that'll make you even better to be better for other hundred percent, man. Just to be able to show up. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got to show up for you so you can show up and be of service to others for sure. And that the thing is for some reason, obviously, because my story of life has gone out into the public eye, there was 20 other riders that rode across Cambodia in that experience when that all happened. And I, I always want to shout out to the 20 other riders that were with me. And if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't have happened. You know, if it wasn't for Sorinda Swan, who uh, is in Los Angeles, she's an actress there that was like, why don't you come and do this bike ride? And I had no idea of, of the validity of child sex slavery, how horrible and decrepit it is. Yes, there's human trafficking that goes on all over the world, but children being servicing many clients per day, and then meeting all these young girls that had been rescued 
for, from, you know, the organization that I was writing for was just, I was, I don't think I cried more over a three week uh, period of time. It was like literally a flood fest of tears just streaming down my eyes and everybody else. And like the most joyous rides in the morning, the beauty of the sea, everything that was all encompassing of the present moment was just soaked in. And so I guess I, I, a lot of times when I'm having a bad day, I go back into those experiences of what it was like feeling so free with these amazing riders riding for people that were once not free. And I resonated with that because I'd been in a prison before. And a lot of my childhood was robbed for me due to the hockey culture. Even though there were these young girls, and even though as we get older, we still are the same spirit inside physical form. So really, I was like a big kid riding across all these countries. And I still consider myself just, I'm not going to say my age, but do we really ever have- It's hard to find out. Why has society made it that we have to grow up to a certain extent, but I'd rather laugh my balls off than have to be serious all the time, especially at myself. If I take myself too seriously, I'm done deep. No, for sure, man. And I love that, you know, what you've done, man, to give back after all the years of stuff that you were doing illegal or whatnot. It is what it is. At the end of the day, you've moved on from it. But you've given back in so many ways, Ryan, man. The other day, like we, me and Ryan just started talking, you know, thanks to pro recovery couple or Jay there, the chef Jay for introducing us and stuff. Um, but you told me to watch the documentary and I, I got about halfway through it so far, but what I've seen so far, man, the things you endured that first year of junior hockey and stuff like that. But what do you think needs to change in hockey culture today with everything coming to light lately with the Kyle Beach thing and those types of things. You'd, you'd have to have a long list. <laughs> it's uh, there to me, I, it's got to start at the ground level. When these kids start playing hockey, the parents need to be educated from day one. It's the, the parents, the political aspect that as these kids are growing up, they need to learn more about team. When you're on a team, you're together. You're not against each other. So it's any success in, in any sports is, you know, requires harmony. It requires a unit of harmony working in accordance to how people are actually coinciding and, and just working with each other. And that's why there's a lot of teams that have extremely talented hockey players, but they don't do well because they're not in harmony and maybe the egos are getting in the way, whatever. But when we get into the junior aspect of things, I was 16 rookie initiations. I, I think there should be an absolute stamp out that there's absolutely like no hazing rituals whatsoever and it's disgusting some of the things i've heard that have gone on from friends that have played junior and those types of things or even myself playing uh, like pretty competitive high school hockey through high school and stuff like that the things that i wasn't involved but some of the older guys the things that i saw on the bus on the way to tournaments and stuff like that was ridiculous yeah it's the thing is that you know i was scared shitless. I was scared shitless. As a kid, you're still a kid at 16. I, I, I humbly say I, I had a lot of skill. I was one of the high, highest touted midget players. I, I played midget my bantam year. I came out of, yeah, as a 16 year old, with, if you're 16 and you're playing junior, something's going right with what you're doing. And I got thrown into a household with a single mom. God bless her soul. There was no food in the house. So they obviously billet billeting 
as well. Like all these homes, I, I know a lot of these teams screen the billets now, but back in the day, a lot of these homes, they weren't screened. They, they didn't actually really find the proper fit. You have to find the proper fit for a certain individual to go into a household to, to progress in school, hockey, anything. It like being a human being. And a lot of, the, of what's going on these days too, is that these players aren't being prepared at a young age, other than the ones that are maybe going to college. I'm talking about the major junior level here. They're not being prepared for life after hockey. It's only a certain percentage that makes it to the National Hockey League. The ones that, you know, escape the injuries. And that's a very small percentage too. Yeah. It's like one in a, one in a million. I don't know, whatever. I don't know the, the stats on it, but you know, getting thrown in the back of a bathroom in a hot box, there's no room for that in, in, in these days of hockey. And back then it's traumatizing. It causes emotional trauma later in life at the point of the impact, so to speak. You're like, okay, this is supposed to be happening. And I have to abide by these older players or it's going to get worse. And I, that kind of happened with me. It was like, if I didn't drink with the older players, they'd shove more down my face. If I didn't go out with them one night, then something else would happen. There'd be Vaseline in my gloves or my helmet or my skates, the laces in my skates. But I open, I was, I guess I was, I was one of those young guys that I just, I didn't stay, I didn't really stand up for myself. And if I could do it all over again, which I don't want to have any regrets in my life when it's time to check out, hopefully uh, 120 years down the road now, but I, I was just, I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be loved. It really sucks that I was touched in certain parts uh, downstairs by not only coaches before junior, but even players during junior. And the things that you see, I can go on and on about all these different rituals, the alcohol, the drugs that all go with it and stuff. And you wonder why a lot of these players are turning to drugs and alcohol because they can't live with themselves because certain things happen. You talk about Theron Fleury. He was one of the Sheldon Kennedy, Theron Fleury, the Graham James thing, all that kind of stuff. Now I heard about all that kind of stuff happening, but didn't believe it. I remember sitting at the back of the bus. And we, there was a gentleman that played in Swift Current the uh, year before, got traded to, to, uh, to Tacoma. This is 92, 93. I'm sitting at the back of the bus hearing about this Graham James clown, touching his kids, guys that were at his, living at his house, all that, this kind of this decrepitcy, sick, disgusting stuff that is just as bad as child sex slavery, if you ask me. And we all know Theron's uh, story, not all, most people in the hockey world. And I think it's a travesty that that kind of stuff it had, it happened, but it's made him who he is today. It's given him a voice beyond hockey, which is amazing because Theron Fleury is, I, I don't know him personally. We've gone back a little bit on Instagram here and there, and we have uh, mutual friends. But the thing is that Theron Fleury, it like far supersedes a hockey player. He was an incredible hockey player with a warrior, like true warrior. Firehead, his book or whatever. Yeah, I've read. He's one of my favorite players of all times. As a as a person, if I got to meet him as a person, which probably will happen, I think that him and I would get along more as people as than playing with or against each other. I, obviously, he would have been a riot in the dressing room because the guy's just hilarious. I, I see his stuff and I just he's uh, he doesn't hold back, which I love because he lives his truth. He's all about truth and how can you deny the truth when it happened and when things happen and this whole Kyle Beach thing that happened too, and this is really important. It's getting swept under the rug right now where there isn't focus on it. Now, 
Is it, there isn't. It's uh, all of a sudden it was there for it was, it was there it for about a week or two, and it's no one that's yeah. talking about it anymore. Yeah, and so for a guy like you know Brent Sopel to stand up six months ago, who's a, a wonderful friend of mine, an incredible human being that lives his truth, is one of the most honest guys I know, or the most honest guy that I know. It took a lot for him to stand up for Kyle. Kyle's from North Vancouver, the same town I'm from. And parents wondered why he didn't go as far as he did. Brent opened the floodgates for Kyle. And I know that the two of them talk and they do talk and whatever. But what about Brent? Why hasn't Brent been able to get on a platform, a major platform like NBC? I, I know there's he, he's had moments to like to talk about it, but to really expose this to its maximum, to change the game to a positive, more of a positive. Because game of hockey is unbelievable. I love hockey. I just don't love the, I don't like culture. The cult, the culture is clicky. The culture is, is, is sticky. It, it, it's, you know, but it is one of the most, to me, most beautiful games in the world. If I could just play shinny hockey with a bunch of uh, good hockey players out there, heaven, you're in the present moment. You're, you can just the smell of the ice, like every, just the, even the red, you know what ritual I did was taping my stick. I like that ritual. <laughs> they're the ritual all like i would get dressed a certain way but when you go against some of these coaches a little bit or give them a look like you're not happy and then they're sitting you on the bench and you can be out there performing and giving a helping the team and showcasing your talents or trying to get to that next level and you're getting slivers in your buck because but because your coach doesn't like you because you're drinking just to fit in or you do you know these things are happening it's like it's devastating to young kids it's, it's devastating to me because there are so many times where I was a really, I got hurt lots. Yes, I did concussions, the whole nine yards, all that stuff. But more than anything, I wanted to be on the ice. But then it got to the point where wasn't playing. Then you're afraid to step on the ice because you're going to make a mistake. And then if I make a mistake, then I got to be set on the bench again. And it's perpetual that like that. I think a lot of more equality needs to come into the game. It's just, uh, I don't make the rules, but I think just doing the next right thing and the next right thing is treating everybody equally. And yes, there's going to be your Connor McDavid's that are above and beyond. There's always been that way, like Wayne Gretzky, Lemieux, all these guys. Yes, they're better players, but you know what? Everyone gets treated equal. And at the end of the day, yeah, they play a little bit more, of course. No BS, like the, no, the, it's the mind games, the physical and the mental mind games needs to come to a goddamn halt straight up and i truly believe that other players need to step up right now in no, in no better time like this kyle b situation that guy is going to be healing and going through so much he right now he's going as we speak that guy is obviously going through hell in his mind and holding all this back for so many years, if you just imagine his psyche, how it's been affected and emotionally, and, and uh, how do you not feel that if you've been through similar? And I'm sure a guy like Darren Fleury will tell you stuff about that. I'm not really ready to talk about it fully. I think I just did a little bit. Getting grabbed by my by the throat from a, a coach in, in Regina in 95 wasn't cool. It was him and I in his office and yeah, it was brutal. It was straight up abuse. Him throwing, out, throwing me up against the wall and I'm pretty much kind of over it. But at the same time, there was no justice. I, I, at that point, I'd had enough. It was about 16 games into the season. 
And uh, I quit the team. I, I, and I, I've never been a quitter. I was always that guy, never give up. I still say I'd never give up, but it, it, it was the boiling point with this gentleman. He kept going and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And so when he's asking me how much money my dad makes uh, a, a week and sends me when my dad's out of a job and then telling me not to contradict him in front of his team and then, then getting violent with me, not cool. I said my piece yeah. on that. You can only, you can only push yourself so far and be pushed so far to the, till you're at the brink of pretty much, but I appreciate but you sharing you. open and honestly here, man. Absolutely. I, I love the open honesty, the vulnerability. I love it. Well, let's and talk a little bit now about that brand that you have Divine <laughs> source matters. What's the meaning behind this brand here, man? The meaning really is self-sustainable resources, a whole body mind integrated with individuals within communities. We really want to expand. It's a wellness brand that's it's infinitely divinely guided, so to speak. And it's a brand for the people. And I don't even like to call it a brand. It's, it just moves. It's like the infinity sign is for the infinite, that anything is possible, infinite potential, infinite possibilities. And so the clothing aspect is one part. The give back is another part. And we really want to turn this into a movement. And because it just moves, it has to be a movement. When you wear or you use any of divine source matter products, we want you to feel like you matter. And we want everyone to be a part of this. And 10% is uh, going back into mental health, the Brent Sopel Foundation. And we're going to be working on trying to get brain clinics that are more easily accessible with the technology that's out there. These, not just some neurofeedback, but uh, you can look up the Canadian Brain Performance Center. Uh, Dr. Ashken Jalili is amazing for any athletes out there that are suffering from post-concussions. I'm working with them. Cielo's working with them as well. And he's closely akin with, with the, with the, the, the place in Florida. He's a master at his craft, which is the human brain knows uh, what he's doing. I'm in that healing process still. It's a, it's a constant. I was labeled bipolar when really it was post-concussion stuff and it is what it is. I, I didn't realize, uh, how many I'd sustained until I got the scans. And being told uh, that I had, to, I think I suffered more concussions out of hockey than in hockey, but over 50. I, I remembered one a couple of days ago that I forgot about. I was on a dirt bike up in the Okanagan when I was like 15 or 16 on ice. And I remember no helmet and flying off the back of my dirt bike and banging my back of my head on the pavement. So it's, yeah, I've, I've been concussed, so to speak. And it's not easy. It's uh, the healing process with that. And you throw the, the, the complex PTSD in there and some of the stuff that went down with hockey and prison and bike rides and, uh, <laughs> smuggling. you got yourself, uh, something to work with. Just a little bit there. It sounds like you got a whole crap load to work. I, I'll tell you, that was one of the, one of the therapeutic things about riding across Canada is that I was able to be on my own. Most of the time I was riding by myself. If I could do it again, I probably would have asked as many people as I could to ride with me just for even certain parts of, of like legs of the journey from the Terry Fox pavilion to at the other end of the country in Atlantic, Atlantic Canada. But, you know, riding through the mountains by myself was some of the most serene, beautiful experiences, seeing some of the wildlife, but just taking that breath of fresh air in on a daily 
And then the contrast from, you know, getting over the mountains, getting through Calgary and Alberta, and then the, the prairies were just incredible. Just the contrast of each province and seeing the beauty in every province was just exhilarating. Like it, it was, it, it made it easy. It, it actually, it hard easy. I like, it would be very serene. Just see the country on a bike, on the open road, on a two wheel bike, not a motorcycle either, just that paddle bike and you. And just the things you'd probably pass, the nature, the wildlife and stuff like that. And probably different weather, storms, rain, whatever. Oh, I hit a few different. <laughs> you just brought a memory back just now. And I, I shared it a few times. I think I shared it. Uh, the first time I shared it was in Belleville. But I was going through the prairies. I was in Saskatchewan. And there was a storm for seven or eight days straight, like torrential downpour. And... I was, I had to do, cause I wanted to make my mark. I had to do a hundred kilometers at least a day. And I remember I had five layers of clothing on five layers, soaked, drenched, soaked. I, I, I must've weighed 400 pounds with all this clothes on face, <laughs> but I it was like, nothing could keep me warm. I just kept putting, it was the, the, the rain was so crazy. I was going like seven clicks an, uh, an hour, getting blown to the side, almost getting ran off the road by semi-trucks. It's, it's something like that it, when I revisit back and I think about it. I also think about the fact that I didn't sleep for three days and I was told that I couldn't do it and shouldn't do it. And then I did it. So anything is possible. I just, I just, uh, I, if, if I had the opportunity and the weather was good, I'd be doing something tomorrow. It's very similar. It made me really happy. I met amazing well, people. If there's something that makes you happy and brings joy to your heart and you, it was for a good cause too, probably. So it was why not have it then if it, exactly. It's something so, near and dear to your heart. It, absolutely. And that's a lot of movements, like movements, you gotta, you know, keeping the body moving was make, for me, always being active with athletics and whatnot. It was like waking up to go to practice for hockey, waking up, jumping on a bike and next thing in 10 minutes, we're usually a little challenging, get, getting the lactic acid out of the legs. But by the first 20 kilometers, you're in the flow and you're sweating and you're focused and seeing that the, the Great Lakes going all through cottage country in Ontario and whatnot was just absolutely breathtaking. Um, Going through Quebec was inc absolutely incredible. I'd never been to Quebec City before. Going through Quebec City was just like the homes, the the people, the food, and being treated so nice by other people along the way. They were, it, we're just being, it was like open arms. We, it, it was unbelievable. And yeah, just to talk about it actually makes me feel really good. Warms my heart because I, I, as many people as is maybe I was able to touch and help through media and through whatnot. I want people to know that they touched me just as much. They helped me just as much as I was being maybe a, a, just trying to be a good example for other people that, you know, just because you've been labeled with a mental illness or whatnot, or just labeled in general, you don't have to ride across the goddamn country. You don't have to do this or do that. But it was just like, we're all people, we're all human. And anything really, truly is possible. Thank you so much, man. If you feel yourself faltering, Ryan, how do yeah. you get back out of those feelings? These days, I've just been sitting in my feelings because it's something that I really- Feeling them? Feeling the feelings. Yeah. Because it's something that I've definitely avoided my whole life. 
is sitting in my feelings. And I am so blessed that I live with Cielo English. And I think you'll have her on the show. She's amazing. And she can tell you all about the Rye guy. <laughs> she sees me every day. I, look, I, I'm up and down like a yo-yo, just like a lot of people these days. Life's unpredictable as it is. And I think we should all pay it. Like, we talk about the stigma. Why is there a stigma? There should never, ever, goddamn, be a stigma around something that is the most important thing in the world, and that is your mental health. You don't have your mental health. Why do you health. think there's such a, like, a huge stigma around it now that we're on this topic? Like, why? If that boggles my mind, like, why people, especially, like, even where I work, or jobs I've been at, too, like, people, like, put people down, like, because of their oh, yeah. health or addictions or whatnot. You know, like, people are just be vulnerable and you still get talked shit on be shit on behind your back and stuff. Yeah. Like it's not okay to be sad. It's not okay. I think it stems back to when you relate mental health and mental illness, they think that you're crazy. So they look back and they think, oh, he was in the loony bin or he was in the psych ward or whatever you want to call it. The loony bin's a terrible name. So people associate that with mental illness where Look, we're all, if you want to talk about mental illness, we're all being overstimulated anyways with these phones and technology, which is great. Like, it's great that we have this medium to communicate. But at the end of the day, we've caused a lot of mental illness. We've made up the word, okay? And we've also made up the label. And a lot of these doctors prescribing the wrong medication to, to, to a patient, it should be a crime. Like how some of these medications have such a detriment to the human psyche and kill. I can attest to that too. Some of the things that I've been, been prescribed and the side effects are like next level. Like I was oh, never God. had suicidal thoughts before. And all of a sudden now the next day I'm got all these, I basically want to die. I want to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's insane. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It cuts you off. I mean, so it gets into your cells. There's so many drugs. I, I, if you're on medication and it's working for you, for your benefit, then great. Then you need to be on a, a, on whatever dose the doctor prescribes. Maybe he read the right encyclopedia that told him to give that patient in that specific time tramadol or tor whatever. I don't know. There's so many prescriptions out there these days. Lithium. That's what I was prescribed. Not naproxen, all these different drugs. And none of them worked. Absolutely not one antidepressant worked for me. And maybe that's because I wasn't depressed. Maybe it's just because I feel things. You know, when I went and first saw my psychiatrist, instead of him at me, be asking, because I told him about bangs to the head. I told him, about, I, I did tell him I'd suffered a lot of concussions, hockey and outside of hockey. And immediately after 15 minutes, uh, a 15 minute chat, he said, I'm bipolar. And this is right after a breakup. So like, why not? I'm not allowed to be sad. I'm not allowed to feel things. Oh yeah, yeah, you're bipolar. You're up. So here's some lithium. And I actually didn't uh, consistently put lithium in my body for a very short time until I went across the country and it was bleeding through my goddamn skin like battery acid. I've said it numerous times. Uh, it, it, so I, I immediately, I flushed them down the toilet and it was horrible. It, it made me feel sick. So but am I bipolar? maybe, but I think everybody's got a little bit of bipolar up. Like we all get into moods. I think it's just not staying in those moods for a lot of, a long time. If you're, you know, just crushed, messed up and you can't get out of bed for three or four weeks, then there's a serious issue here that needs to be addressed. 
if it's two or three days that you're going through a spiritual process of some sort, or just compartmentalizing a lot of stuff that's going on in your life, why is that not, that is, should that not be okay or allowed? But people judge, right? People judge, oh yeah, he's depressed again. Oh, he's down or he has a, he's using that as an excuse or she's using that as an excuse. The relationship isn't working because his mental health is deteriorating. Instead of uplifting each other and like getting down to the root cause. Now the root cause of most mental health issues and addiction is what? Trauma, childhood trauma or any trauma, generational trauma. The list goes on. But let's just, why do we go, listen, I'm no innocent Instagram non-scroller. I scroll a bit here and there. Every time I, I, I scroll down five things or whatever, there's a, a, a trauma conference with the Gabor Mate and a big crew. They're cleaning up on this whole mental health thing. And really it's the people that got to stand up more and start speaking their truth. Talk, I go to therapy. I haven't afraid a minute. I go to therapy. The reason I go to therapy is to try to clean my nervous system out get through some of the junk that I've got going on in my own life, which is just literally, it's, you know, it's all happening for a reason. And that's what I think people have to realize too, is that every single thing in their life up until the present in now, infinite now, it's happened for a re it's happening for a reason for you to take a lesson from, for you to learn from, and then for you to give that back as a positive message, really. And I think that's a lot why, one of the, why I went across Canada. It was like, I'm going to take all this negative crap. I'm going to put it into a bottle, throw it in the ocean and, and just turn it into a positive. And I was buy guns, be guy, buy guns. Yeah. And that's not to say that I don't have a lot of very challenging days. I do. I'd be like, if I were to come on here and say, I'm super stoked and whippity doopity on life 24 seven, I would be the biggest liar on the planet. If, if I were to do a podcast and be fake. And not say that I had made a shit wad of mistakes in my life and feel bad for a lot of them. And I've had to make amends to quite a few people, men and women. I've hurt. I've hurt a lot of people along the way. And I probably will hurt a lot of people still, but it's not, it's being able to make an apology and understand that you've hurt that person made by a word or a luck that can affect that person. And you don't want to see and take ownership right away. Absolutely. Yeah. No one said anything to me today to make me cry, but I cried today. I cried today because I was really sad about what's going on right now with a lot of things What's going on with the world and with my friends. I, I miss people that are gone. Yeah. The human emotions, right? It's they're, they're baffling at times because we know what's going on, but we don't. Then we got these intuitive faculties too. <laughs> and uh, those are fun. Nice to be able to be on the eyes of those, man. Yeah. I'm looking for a little bit of advice now at this next question, Ryan. Sure. If you sure. could instill or yeah, instill one piece of advice in a baby's mind before it was born, what advice would you give that baby? What advice would I give to a baby before the baby was born? Oh, don't do drugs and no. alcohol. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then you'll be fine. Just as long as you have nice parents. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't do drugs and alcohol, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. No. <laughs> yeah, don't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been sober for quite a few years now, haven't you? 
Yeah, it's uh, just for today, just for the moment. So many people put it, it's quality. It, it, it's not quantity. People for sure. God, God bless anybody how they do, how they work at the recovery program. But for me, it, it's a day to day and it's, you know, I love it, man. It's uh, one day at a time, one day, one moment. And, but I'm very, like, I do not crave alcohol. I know I've licked the drinking problem. Like the drinking problem problem is Gandhi with the windy. <laughs> and not to say I have, I don't have issues in my life because it just, what it does is it's, you quit drinking. You realize that now you got life to look at. Drinking was, is it was a huge avoidance in my life for a long time, avoiding what the hell I'm supposed to be doing with my life. If, if, if I would have quit drinking, say seven, eight years before I got out of the, out of the smuggling ring, the smuggling game, whatever you want to call it, things would have been, I was all, I was always drinking to fill a void, like I said, and I don't have to drink these days to fill that void. For me, it's uh, a lot of it is human connection. That's why I, I, I enjoy doing a lot, a lot of these podcasts, it's human connection. Even though you're in Toronto and I'm here, thank God technology is playing games on, on us all the time, but it still connects us in some way, she a good time. <laughs> right? Darn technology. Good yeah. times, good times, man. And it's just nice to connect with other like-minded individuals like yourself, you know, that we want to end the stigma around mental health. I love how you said too, just a moment ago, there should never, there shouldn't even be a stigma around. I don't even, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay to not be okay, like that saying is. And, and there shouldn't be a problem with it. You shouldn't be judged, you know. Or I, I don't, don't even like the saying, and that's quick to judge sometimes too, still, but yeah. I, I can't stand that. And the stigma. What the hell is, why is that like, there shouldn't even be a, a stigma to be a, ended in the first place? The stigma of exactly what? something that's so important and, and the stigma really should just be don't judge people. Just don't judge people in general. Like we all, we've all been guilty of it before. And we all know to judge one is to judge another. So why is there, what, the stigma is, is just judgment. It's all it is, is passing a judgment on someone. And usually the people that are doing the judging about the stigma and the mental health and the craziness, half of those people are dealing with mental health issues themselves or else they wouldn't be so stupid to be a uh, judge. Might as well just call it. Yeah. So let's all be constructively crazy at the same time. And, and, and maybe this role to be, yeah, I'll, I'll get uh, a little more, more smoothed out sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping so. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. We can only do the best we can. And exactly. We can only do the best we can with what we have. And that's why it's very important. It's like you have your wife, uh, or your fiance, correct? Yeah. I'm sure she's a pillar of strength in, in your life. And it's the women these days that I give so much props to. I've met some very incredible women over my years. I should have probably dated a few of them and not updated some of the girls that I did. But there's just so many incredible women out there these days that are holding down the fort for a lot of us guys. And you want to talk about mental health, look up the stats on the, on, on the suicides for men. It far supersedes the women. These women these days, I tell you, I'll always, I haven't always been a, a good boy, so to speak, with women in my past. I've had my days, but I really can say today, I respect women. I do my best. I, I'd like to say I, I pride myself on trying to be a class act with women and how I treat them. I don't look at women as objects. I look at them as human beings, equal, or just beautiful people. Everybody, we all have something to give. We all have something to give.
And you and I both, we both have a daughter too. If they see us treating women like with respect, with dignity, those types of things, they'll see that that's what should be to them. You know what I mean? Like they, we got to lead it by example for the younger generation too. Lead by example, lead by action. That's it. Action speaks louder than words. That's, uh, I, I, I said few words going across some of those countries. There wasn't a lot of words, except for when media got involved, obviously throughout Canada with CBC, Global, CTV, all that kind of stuff, whatever. Of course, you got to speak. And I turned down half my, half, half, half the interviews. I turned them down. I was, I was too busy focused on the purpose. The purpose wasn't for attention. The purpose was for awareness. It was action into awareness. That's what it was. And maybe that uh, other people took it in a different way. Oh, you went across Canada. I was supposed to go across Canada in 2016. I had, I had a thing planned out called one mind cycle. Like we're all one mind. We're all universally attached. So I came up with this one mind cycle idea and a few things happened, but you know what? I wanted to be a man of my words and I uh, followed through four years later. So <laughs> now I'm waiting for the weather to get better. So, uh, I can go right across India. Nice, man. That would be a, that'd be a different one. Cause there's lots of weather there from East to West, North to South and stuff like that. It's a wild country. Hey, you never know. Maybe I'll ride across the States on a skateboard. Maybe get Tony Hawk to join you. Yeah. I'll give him a call as soon as we're off the pod here. What is something in life though, Ryan, that you really have an appreciation for that most people don't today? That's an, I appreciate so many things. God, you got good questions that most people don't. I think just the gift of their breath. And here's a guy that, that really doesn't breathe great. I breathe from very up top of my chest. A lot of that is the fight or flight with my brain. So I fire off pretty quick, but I think just the gift of, of being alive and, and being able to breathe. And because a lot of people like the minute you stop breathing, you're done. Just having the opportunity, you're one of a kind, you're all one of a kind. There's only one of you. So to be able to express that unique individuality and create through that instrument, which is the physical body, the mind, body, soul, spirit is something that is just incredible. We are absolutely powerful beyond measure. We are powerful as humans. That's for sure. And yeah, I hope you cut that. Yeah. We need to band together. You know what? You said it. Oh, that's fine. We need to band together. We need to unite. We got to not fight. We can't, we got to stop the hate. All this BS needs to fall to the wayside. It's the only way that this world is ever going to come into alignment with harmony and goodness and, and self-sustainable resources. Happiness, true happiness is going to come through unity, not division. We have enough division that's been going on in this world. It, it's, it, it's, it has to come to a point where the people of like-minded intent band together and the ones who are, who are affecting this planet negatively, I wish the best for them. And I hope that they, their minds can make a change. But this, a lot of what's going on right now, I believe is, is a Jedi mind F-U-C-K. The Jedi mind F-U-C-K trick. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag that. I appreciate you coming on the show today, Ryan, but before we go, where can everyone follow you over on the socials and stuff like that? I know you're Ryan Phillips. I can't remember on Instagram and then divine R-I-A-N Phillips, Ryan Phillips, 888 and divine source matter, divine source matter apparel. And that'll quickly be turned into divine source matter, 
wellness and the apparel line is going to be connected to that obviously as well. Yeah. I would really appreciate it that if you give us a follow on, on the, the device source matter, we got all kinds of cool stuff come to the pipeline and you want to follow me, don't follow me, jo join me in the goodness because that's all I want for everybody is just good. I don't want any bad for anybody. Really don't. I don't either anymore, man. It's enough is enough. And let's just take care of one another one day at a time, everyone. One day at a time, brother. One day at a time. Thanks again for coming on the show today, man, and sharing your story. You know what I mean? There was a wealth of information there, and I hope someone learned something from it today. You might have to add a few links because that's the thing. I don't know if you can slam it into an hour or I don't even know how long we've been on here for, but you know what? I've had a lot of fun and I really appreciate everything that you're doing. And hey, you never know when, it, when we talk about like minds and you go onto these podcasts, a lot of the ones that, that you go on, you, it's like, where did that person go afterwards? So staying in contact, staying in connection is really important these days. And we need that. And we need podcasts like yours. I think you're doing a great job. So keep up the good work. Thanks a lot, Ryan, man. And before we go, everyone, you know, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that five-star review, leave a little blurb there. And don't forget to go subscribe to the YouTube channel from the depths of darkness to the light of success over on YouTube there. You'll get all the video episodes and stuff like that and all the different content. But thanks again, Ryan. I hope you have a great day. You bet. You have a great one too. And to everybody, I love you. <laughs>